You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Stage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cup for Tuesday, September 13th. It was a rough weekend on the roads for several motorcyclists, with three people seriously injured in the motorcycle crashes around the lake area. Two of those were airlifted, 58-year-old Joseph Lusky, 58-year-old Bruce Keffer, and 36-year-old Chancellor Kitts were all seriously injured in motorcycle accidents. A four-year-old was seriously injured in a crash Sunday on Highway 42. 67-year-old Elaine Stein was turning left from Rousey onto the highway when the vehicle collided with a vehicle driven by 43-year-old Andy Wells. Stein's four-year-old grandson sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. Stein sustained moderate injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital in Osage Beach. The Missouri Conservation is asking Missouri turkey hunters to save and submit feathers from birds they harvest this fall. The feathers will be used to improve conservation's ability to estimate turkey abundance across Missouri. Interested hunters are asked to retain a wing and three to five feathers from the breast after telechecking their turkey. More information at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. The Patriot Catered Dinner and Silent Auction is the Camden County Republican Club's main fundraiser. It'll be held on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camden. Reservations are needed and requested by Saturday, September 17th. For additional information to volunteer to donate or to purchase tickets, call CCR Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5395. Come meet and greet the Republican candidates who will be on the 2022 general election ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. High school football this week. Camdenton with their first home game of the season Friday night. They entertain Parkview. The uh, Lakers 3-0 on the season. Parkview 0-3. Eldon is 3-0. They have a big rivalry game Friday night at Osage. Indians looking for their first win of the season. Osage 0-3. That is the game of the week on Lake TV. Eldon at Osage. Friday night, COMC pregame show at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on Lake TV. For sales is 0-3, they're home to 1-2 Hallsville on Friday night. Last night's Monday night football game in the NFL, the Broncos and Seahawks. The Broncos lose to Seattle. The Broncos going into this season with very high hopes with a new big star quarterback and everything, but they come up short in their first game out, losing to Seattle last night. Of course, the Chiefs won their opener 44-21 at Arizona on Sunday. They don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate. They play the Chargers Thursday night. That is in Kansas City. Chargers won their opener. They beat uh, the Raiders 24-19. 
College football, Mizzou will be at home against Abilene Christian on Saturday. The Tigers 1-1 one and one on the season. MSU Bears will be at Arkansas. They got a tough one this week. Bears are 2-0 and on the young season. Back to work for both the Cards and the Royals. They had yesterday off the Redbirds in first place with a big lead over the Brewers, and they open a quick two-game series against Milwaukee in St. Louis today. The Royals on the road to open a three-game series in Minnesota against the Twins today. Hey, KB is on TV. you got to check it out. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns three times a day, 7.02 in the morning, 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows, and they're all absolute greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day from Slumberland Furniture at 802-102 and 802. Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, they talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all of that. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch Lake TV streaming live all the time on your computer. Just go to MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson offered his advice about eight books every person should read. Because he's an outspoken atheist, I was intrigued by his choice of the Bible until I read his summary to learn that it's easier to be told by others what to think than it is to think for yourself. Tyson's assertion is foolish. One of the keys of civilization is that all of us are the product of the accumulated knowledge of people who lived before us. Believers can add that we have the wisdom of saints who preceded us. They testify to us what they learned in life. To deny this is to reject the greatest source of knowledge we have and to replace it with whatever we figure out in our one lifetime. In speaking against the authority of God, DeGrasse Tyson is being deliberately deceptive. We are easily influenced by people we want to admire, but we need to ask ourselves whether these people are wise in the knowledge of God or simply famous in the popular view. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM.
This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Man, it is 8.08, and are you ready? I mean, are you ready for another beautiful day at the lake? Yesterday was outstanding. Today a little warmer, but uh, plenty of sunshine, 86 the high and 57 the low with a clear sky. Getting to that uh, chilly weather, that weather that, uh, well, you want to throw on a jacket, sweater, hoodie, something like that. You certainly don't want to go around with uh, your extremities hanging out. (laughs) Good morning, Delta. Right now we've got uh, 60 degrees, and man, oh man, is it... uh, Going to be an awesome show for you today. We've got uh, my good friend, Mr. Dan Wass, joining us here in just uh, mere minutes. Let's run down the rest of the day. 88 and sunny tomorrow, 87 and sunny on Thursday. Partly cloudy and 88 on Friday. Mostly sunny and 88 on Saturday. 90 degrees for Sunday and uh, plenty of sunshine. And then uh, we'll see some 90-degree weather. Looks like uh, plenty of it to start the uh, new week. And then we'll get back down into that uh, wonderful, enjoyable fall-like weather. Current lake level at the Bagnell Dam is 658.24, river level at 552.47, and the surface water temperature at 78 degrees. Lightning the Wonder Dog, well, he is in the doghouse this morning. As uh, I was uh, taking him out for his morning jaunt, he decided the smart thing to do would be to, uh, to run off. And he always, he does that thing where he he just looks over his shoulder at you and says, guess what? I'm doing it. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So, all right, that's fine. He's spending a little time in doggy timeout to think about it this morning. But he's fine all is well. It is 810. As I said, it's a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. And we get the opportunity to talk to a gentleman who is all about the Second Amendment. He has a a great rodeo program. It is called Loaded Mike. He is the author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series. He is a Second Amendment advocate traveling the country to remind people what the Second Amendment is all about and making sure that you understand what it's all about. Yes, but at the same time doing your research and keeping an eye on on what uh, the folks up there in Washington, D.C. are doing. He joins me this morning, the one, the only, Mr. Dan Wass. Dan, how are you? Hey, KB, so great to talk to you. Now, I wonder if you can hear me okay, because I, I, I am on the road this morning with my extremities hanging out, and I'm not in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you just fine. You're coming through loud and clear. Okay. And I appreciate your time. So uh, let's uh, find out first, where are you in the world today? Oh, I'm still in New York, uh, getting ready for a big uh, a big trip to Dallas, Texas, looking forward to the Gun Rights Policy Conference. And uh, that's going to be in a couple weeks. We're, we're really getting close to that. So everyone's preparing for that big national gun rights conference. Uh, this year it'll be in Dallas. It's, it's all over the country. Every, every, every year it's in a different place. Um, so, but I'm still in upstate New York right now, um, fighting, uh, pretend governor Hochul and, uh, we're having a blast up here. I got to ask you, um, you probably know this a lot better than most folks, and that is whether or not uh, more and more people are starting to uh, get a little concerned about the state of affairs in this country. And, uh, if so, 
Are they uh, heading to their local firearms shop? Are they uh, starting to stock up on on uh, firearms and ammunition? And uh, are they uh, are they starting to get more enthralled, more interested, more involved in uh, in the Second Amendment and what it means? Well, ever since uh, 2020, ever since the left wing riots, the Antifa and BLM riots that occurred across the country, um, the devastation, destruction, and violence that occurred in 2020. That was the summer of 2020. And by the second half of the year in 2020, gun sales skyrocketed. And people who were were typically not gun owners were were buying guns. And so there was a lot of first-timers. So it was really interesting to watch. And it was kind of funny because a lot of these people would go into gun shops and wonder why they couldn't just walk out with a gun. And, you know, the answer from most of the gun shop owners was, hey, you voted for this crap. That's why you can't just walk out with a gun. There's so many restrictions and, you know, the background checks and all that stuff. But the, the point is, ever since then, and with the increased level of, of violence and criminal activity across the country, especially in Democrat-run cities, um, yeah, gun sales are continuing to go up. And you, it was, it's by people who you wouldn't you wouldn't think were uh, would be gun owners you know um this brings to mind another question and it may be an obvious question and there is probably an obvious answer but with gun sales on the rise and uh, the federal government doing what they can to try and limit people in terms of the uh, types of firearms that they can have and the ammunition and magazines and the like do we detect maybe some concern from our federal government as to uh, whether or not people are starting to uh, kind of take a look at things and say, I want to be able to protect myself. I want to be able to protect my family. I'm tired of these various district attorneys in these uh, in these cities giving criminals a free pass. And it sounds like uh, certainly with what happened recently down in Memphis, Tennessee, and my son happened to be down there uh, working at the time when there was uh, a shooter on the loose who uh, apparently, I guess, killed like four people. And uh, he was putting the, uh, uh, the incidents on Facebook, going live on Facebook, and there was a real concern down there. And so people in Memphis, Tennessee, were asked to uh, stay indoors. And I wonder if maybe there might have been a gun owner out there that could have taken care of this problem. Uh, or maybe they just decided to heed the words of the uh, the folks there in Memphis and and remain indoors so as not to uh, encounter any type of a confrontation. But you know things like that, where apparently this guy should have been in jail in the first place, but based on uh, the laws down there, based on uh, some some things that they have recently done regarding criminals, uh, they, they, they let this guy loose. And so he was able to acquire a firearm and, uh, and did what he did. But, you know, it seems to me, Dan, like more and more people are looking at the situation, as, as, as we've already mentioned, and said that, well, I want to be able to protect my family. I want to be able to protect myself. But, um, yeah, this is, this is something that we really 
need to thoroughly research and look into and find these people, these district attorneys that are basically just giving the criminals the pass. But as I said, uh, you know, our federal government has got to be concerned about what they're seeing, especially from the citizenry of this country. And are you picking up on that vibe at all? Well, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about the, the Memphis situation that you just mentioned. And, you know, that guy, that shouldn't have happened. That, that in, in any normal society, that would not have happened. That guy would have been in jail. He should have been in jail. He was in jail. And, you know, these, these DAs, they're, they're letting them out. And, and I can't, I'm, I, you know, I think about this a lot and I talk about it a lot. You know, you wonder, are these people stupid? That, cause that's the first thing that comes to mind. Are they stupid? Do they not see that the, that they're letting bad guys out and we, we and the crime rate is going up and good people are being uh, victimized and simultaneously what they're doing is they're trying to crack down on gun rights for people to be able to defend themselves. So you gotta, you gotta, you first ask yourself, you go through the cycle of thought process and you say, well, they must be stupid. They're not stupid. It, it, it was, I can't come to any other solution or conclusion rather that then they are trying to create a victim predator society. Yes. And there must be a benefit for them. Um, so it's, it's absolutely shameful. And, you know, we can talk about Canada too, which I know, well, what does it matter? What can, what happens in Canada? But it, it matters because they don't have gun rights and they just had a stabbing spree in Saskatchewan. And, and it's because they recently, a few months ago, were com- almost completely disarmed. And Justin Trudeau in his, in his infinite, infinite wisdom said, well, you know, in order to prevent this, you know, you should shelter in place, you should not talk to strangers, and you should not pick up hitchhikers. That's their solution in Canada. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it's funny because, you know, the difference here in America is we have the right. Well, we, they have the right, too. It's just that they have the God-given right to defend themselves. It's only the difference is the government standing in the way of that right and violating that right. But here in America, we still recognize that right to be able to defend yourself. Uh, Democrats don't, but real Americans do. And we are fighting that every step of the way. Every time they come at us with a new gun law, we're fighting it. And we have to until we defeat them. I think that, you know, what you said about what's going on in Canada to the uh, to the tune of a lot of these things we've always been told uh, don't pick up hitchhikers when we were kids mom always told us don't talk to strangers and it seems so simple and it also seems as though that the people are buying into this uh, this theory that this criminal versus victim society is being created for a reason and 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 much like what we saw and heard from Memphis, Tennessee, was that, okay, there's a criminal on the loose. And so what you need to do is you need to go in your home, you need to stay in your home, and you don't need to come out. And now you remember what happened when they had the Boston Marathon bombers, and uh, the, uh, the police were telling people, now go in your homes, stay in your homes, and oh, by the way, we're going to start searching homes 
door to door. And when we come to the door, you're supposed to let us in. You're supposed to let us go through your home. And there's a good possibility we may find some things in there that uh, are a little questionable. Or maybe if you have firearms, uh, we might make a, a little note of that and uh, and keep you on a list of people uh, to be concerned about uh, ourselves. So, you know, you can kind of see what direction that this is going in. And you can see that, and so many people, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people uh, that are Second Amendment advocates, much like yourself, and they're concerned about martial law. And some people have even said that martial law will be put in place in a lot of different cities prior to the general election in November. And so today is September the 13th, and we don't have a whole lot of time, less than two months before the general election. So will there be an event? Will there be something that uh, perpetuates the need for the federal government to say, okay, everybody stay in. We're going to do this uh, uh, through you know, the mail-in ballot system, much like we had uh, in the last presidential election. And w- we talked about how that whole system was uh, it it was very messed up. There were a lot of what uh, they call improprieties. Now, certain people will tell you that that's uh, not the case, that uh, everything went smoothly. There weren't any any, uh, instances of fraud. There weren't any improprieties, as I had mentioned. But the whole fact of the matter is, is, I think, and a lot of people may very well agree, that we are losing our freedoms. We are losing our rights almost on a daily basis. And the thing about it is that people are just letting it happen. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, well, Democrats are working very hard to to restrain people and control and and take away, well, they can't take away rights, but they can violate rights. And they're doing their best, the best they can to do that. You see, they're not. The, the reason they cheat in these elections is because they can't win honestly. They're not selling the American dream. They're not selling what Americans want. They're selling, you know, fear and hate and government dependency, and that's a big part of why I believe they're creating a purposefully create creating a, a victim predator society. You know, that that's that's the only way dictators can do it because they, because obviously they're not going to have the will of the people on their side. And, you know, I, I, you know, people in our, in our country are just so ignorant to, to a lot of this stuff. And, and I hope that by now everyone is starting to wake up and at least don't vote Democrat at this point, because it's, it's hurting everybody. And, um, you know, that would be a start. Let's, let's not vote Democrat. Let's vote for Republicans or people who we think are going to, you know, protect our freedom. And, uh, and then let's move forward from there after the, after the midterms and see what we can do with the, with the presidency. But, yeah. you know, I guess if people feel enough pain, they're not going to move. Yes, indeed. And it seems like uh, another obvious uh, sign of what's going on in some of these major cities is the amount of people that are moving out of major cities and moving to places, well, like right here at the Lake of the Ozarks, Dan, we've uh, had an increase 
in uh, in our population over the last couple of years, certainly with uh, COVID, because we were a uh, a place where people could come and enjoy freedom, enjoy liberty, enjoy their lives, and not have to be uh, trampled upon by the federal government. Uh, we as a as a society, or we as an area, just said, you know what. You folks aren't going to tell us what to do. You folks aren't going to tell us how to do it. We are going to live our lives as we've always lived our lives, and we understand what freedom and liberty is all about, and we're not going to allow you to take that away. And so people from places like California, people like uh, New Yorkers, we, 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 we've had a huge influx. We've seen such a surge in our, uh, in our population here locally. And uh, a good uh, gauge for all of that, Dan, is uh, real estate sales. I mean, it is still hard for you to find a place to live at the Lake of the Ozarks. And I mean, you know, there's there's people buying big homes, million-dollar-plus homes. Uh, but then there are a lot of uh, residential homes that are being scooped up almost instantaneously. And some of those residential homes are being scooped up by people who could afford a bigger home, but they just want to get here. They just want to get established. They just want to be at the Lake of the Ozarks, and they just want to be someplace where it's safe, where people look out for one another. Yes, we do have crime. Any area has crime, but it seems like here at the lake, more and more people see what we have and want to enjoy that. And you know what? Hey, that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, Bring your... Bring your baggage in terms of, you know, your clothes and your shoes and uh, your personal effects, but uh, leave all of that other nonsense as far as the baggage is concerned with uh, uh, your viewpoints. And please don't come down here and try to instill those viewpoints because I think you're going to find yourself in a situation where a lot of people just say, uh, we, we, we really don't uh, enjoy that approach. We don't want that type of uh, uh, of uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess that uh, that thought process here. We just want to be able to live our lives as we've lived our lives for so many years. But we're seeing the people fleeing the big cities because they're just tired of it. And they've got families, and they don't want to see their families have to deal with what they're dealing with in the big cities. These district attorneys who are soft on crime, trying to, again, create that victim criminal society uh, that uh, a lot of people are concerned about. And then, uh, you know, the feds want to step in and say, okay, fine, there's an issue, there's a problem. Uh, we'll create the issue, we'll create the problem, but we'll also create the solution, and you're probably not going to like right. the end result. Yeah, well, that, that's it. I mean, that's exactly, you nailed it. They they create the problem, but then they conveniently and, you know, you know, uh, coincidentally have the solution. It's well, you know what? It's all about controlling as many people as possible, controlling society. And unfortunately, that's that's part of human nature for some people. And unfortunately, we've let too many of those people into office. And, you know, you made a, you made a comment about uh, people moving to um, Lake of the Ozarks, which I hear is a fantastic place, and i got to get there. Yeah. But they bring, you know, they bring their their liberal left-wing ideology with them and that's the that's the danger you know 
if, if people didn't know me and just by saying I'm from New York, they, they think they always do. Well, they typically think one thing and they don't realize that I am the complete opposite of what you might imagine a New Yorker to be. Um, because up here in upstate New York, we have, uh, I mean, it's primarily conservative up where I am. And, um, you know, so, but, but people don't realize that a lot of times what happens is, you know, people will say, don't California, my Texas, or don't New York, my Florida. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's true because, you know, even the liberals get fearful of the crime and they, and they get sick of the, of the environment that they voted for. And then they move to somewhere else only to dirty it up again. And, people recognize that and they say don't screw up my state don't screw up my town and i don't blame them for that you know i think if you're gonna leave california new york the you know you know wherever illinois whatever left-wing you know state you you better conform to the to the you know ideology that you're moving to because those people don't want you to bring your garbage to them right it's not fair and it, and it just it, it creates more problems. It definitely does, and uh, we're seeing more and more of that. And I wonder at uh, what point the uh, the people really start to rise up and and, and make their uh, voices heard, or if uh, again we live in, uh, in in a society, we live in a country where people are just so into what they're doing that they don't pay attention and that they allow the government this uh, opportunity to intrude into our lives and to uh, to basically step in and say, uh, okay, we've got a problem, we're going to fix it, and uh, you're, as I said earlier, you're, you're probably not going to like it. Dan, it's 8.30, and we're going to take a, uh, a quick break. I invite you to stick around because when we come back, you had uh, sent out a press release and uh, talking about uh, the FBI has labeled two advocates as violent extremists. And uh, I see two pictures, one of which is yours, and, and the other one is Ted Nugent. And uh, I, I'm guessing there's probably a little bit more to this, but certainly when we return, I'd like to discuss that with you, uh, uh, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. I'll be here. Stand by. That is Dan Watts. He is the author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series. Of course, the uh, program loaded Mike and a Second Amendment advocate. And thank goodness for that. We need more Second Amendment advocates. And uh, that could possibly even be you getting out there and and uh, allowing folks the opportunity to learn more about the Second Amendment. We've got Stacy Johnson with a check of local news, our media partners, lakeexpo.com. Stacy does a fantastic job. Also, the one, the only, Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris, the master of disaster with a look at sports, talking a little high school football, some more big contests coming up. And as you heard him mention uh, at the top of the hour, the Camden Lakers are finally coming home for their first home game of the season. It took them uh, four games to make that happen, and they will be taking on uh, Parkview coming up this Friday night at the JOD Bob Shore Stadium, and you can count 
on uh, great coverage with uh, Brendan Matthews, Luke Hagedorn, and yours truly, KB, on the sidelines. Thanks to uh, Lensmart Optical and uh, HMI Fireplace Shop. We'll get to that and get back to more conversation with Dan Wash. Your phone calls are welcome on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. And you are listening to The Daily Show. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, September 13th. It was a rough weekend on the roads for several motorcyclists, with three people seriously injured in the motorcycle crashes around the lake area. Two of those were airlifted, 58-year-old Joseph Lusky, 58-year-old Bruce Keffer, and 36-year-old Chancellor Kitts were all seriously injured in motorcycle accidents. A four-year-old was seriously injured in a crash Sunday on Highway 42. 67-year-old Elaine Stein was turning left from Rousey onto the highway when the vehicle collided with a vehicle driven by 43-year-old Andy Wells. Stein's four-year-old grandson sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. Stein sustained moderate injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital in Osage Beach. The Missouri Conservation is asking Missouri turkey hunters to save and submit feathers from birds they harvest this fall. The feathers will be used to improve conservation's ability to estimate turkey abundance across Missouri. Interested hunters are asked to retain a wing and three to five feathers from the breast after telechecking their turkey. More information to mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. High school football this week. Camdenton with their first home game of the season Friday night. They entertain Parkview. The uh, Lakers 3-0 on the season. Parkview 0-3. Eldon is 3-0. They have a big rivalry game Friday night at Osage. Indians looking for their first win of the season. Osage 0-3. That is the game of the week on Lake TV. Eldon at Osage. Friday night, COMC pregame show at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on Lake TV. For sales is 0-3, they're home to 1-2 Hallsville on Friday night. Last night's Monday night football game in the NFL, the Broncos and Seahawks. The Broncos lose to Seattle. The Broncos going into this season with very high hopes with a new big star quarterback and everything, but they come up short in their first game out, losing to Seattle last night. Of course, the Chiefs won their opener 44-21 at Arizona on Sunday. They don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate. They play the Chargers Thursday night. That is in Kansas City. Chargers won their opener. They beat uh, the Raiders 24-19. 
College football, Mizzou will be at home against Abilene Christian on Saturday. The Tigers 1-1 one one on the season. MSU Bears will be at Arkansas. They got a tough one this week. Bears are 2-0 and on the young season. Back to work for both the Cards and the Royals. They had yesterday off the Redbirds in first place with a big lead over the Brewers, and they open a quick two-game series against Milwaukee in St. Louis today. The Royals on the road to open a three-game series in Minnesota against the Twins today. Hey, KB is on TV. You got to check it out. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns three times a day, 7.02 in the morning, 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows, and they're all absolute greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day from Slumberland Furniture at 8.02, and 8.02. Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, they talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all of that. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch Lake TV streaming live all the time on your computer. Just go to MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. The Camden County Republican Club invites you to their annual Patriot Dinner on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camdenton. Doors open at 5 p.m., dinner at 6 p.m. There will also be a silent auction. Cost is $25 per person. The Patriot Dinner is a chance to meet and greet Republican candidates who will be on the ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Call Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5935 for information or reservations. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the Key with your monthly donation. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. 
Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. And welcome back. It is 8.39. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. And thank you for uh, being a part of the program. Feel free to call in at any point at 573-633-5395. You can talk to our guest, Dan Wass, who is the author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series. Of course, the radio program, The Loaded Mike. And Dan is a Second Amendment advocate. He is on the phone with us here this morning. So, Dan, I, I've got to step in and say that uh, I think a large part of what it is that uh, people are doing these days is attaching labels. And that seems to be the easiest way to get people to comply. We uh, we call somebody a racist if they don't agree with our way of thinking we uh are someone else's way of thinking not our way of thinking but uh and now we've got a president who is calling people semi-fascist if you are uh somebody who uh, voted for donald trump and then they walked that back and said well we're not talking about the people we're talking about the politicians that uh, are supporting Donald Trump so as not to offend any possible voters, any people that might uh, be wanting to jump ship, and we hope that that certainly isn't the case. But you have recently released a press release, and uh, the headline on this press release, FBI labels two are uh, Second Amendment advocates as violent extremists. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, because I think that... Uh, Anybody who is about liberty is about freedom. How can you be considered an extremist when you are just uh, talking about something that has existed for a long time when we discuss the Second Amendment? And uh, and, and give me your thoughts on this uh, particular uh, press release and, and, and what it is, the message that you are trying to send to people. Well, thanks, KB. Yeah, that... that what the FBI did was they released uh, they released a document that announced all of the um, the symbols and the imagery that they have determined to and that they've associated with uh, violent militia extremism. And in in that list, um, if people want to go read the article, it's at amoland.com, and um, you you can search my name, Dan Wass. Uh, ammo land uh, and you can find this article and there's a video too and the video will show all the imagery and what they've done is they've determined in their you know in their left-wing you know ideology that that anything that's against what they're trying to do is violent extremist and militia uh, insurrectionist type stuff so what they've done is they've taken symbols like well, you know, like the the the, the uh, Punisher skull, you've seen that. The um, the um, you know the Gadsden the Gadsden flag. The uh, that's the Don't Tread on Me flag. The Liberty Tree Revolution. Any Revolutionary War imagery. Uh, any Second Amendment imagery. And they've determined that to be symbols and imagery that violent extremists use. 
So what they're trying to do is they're trying to demonize our historical tradition of America. And and the one thing that really stands out the most as far as you know imagery that they're trying to demonize is the Betsy Ross flag. And and they so they want you they've already demonized the Confederate flag. We've seen that. And now they're moving toward much more um, traditional American things that they want to demonize because they know that it's real Americans, conservatives that that uh, that stand uh, for those things. They stand for those traditional American values. So they figure that if they can demonize the uh, the imagery or the symbols, that they'll also be demonizing um, the. Uh, you know, the, the conservatives and the real Americans. Yes. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting when we talk about labeling people, because of course, uh, last year, October the 4th, the, uh, United States attorney general, Merrick Garland issued a statement saying that, uh, if you go to a school board meeting and you get a little too rowdy, and you can't keep yourself under control based on whatever the topic may be, uh, you may very well be considered a domestic terrorist. And you may also be someone who ends up on the FBI's watch list. And, you know, I can think of a lot of things in a lot of different directions to go when it comes to uh, trying to keep people in check. But going after parents who go to a school board meeting and just want to express themselves because they are concerned about uh, something going on in their school district. And more importantly, school board members are elected officials. So I think that these people should be held accountable. And in most cases, they are. But something as simple as a school board meeting has now turned into a situation where you have to make sure that you behave yourself. And I can understand completely how Second Amendment advocates could be considered extremists. Uh, I guess you are considered an extremist. And maybe maybe if we talk to you too much that, uh, you know, heck, I could end up on some sort of a watch list. The <laughs> FBI could start, you know, reading my mail and intercepting all of my uh, text messages and uh, following me on social media to see who I associate with and the kinds of things that I talk about. So, uh, again, we are living in a country where we have the right to express ourselves. It's called the First Amendment. And, again, believe what we feel is uh, something that we want to believe in. But more and more, as we talked uh, in the first segment this morning, the federal government is trying desperately, and in some states as well, to narrow down what it is that people are allowed to talk about openly and actively and to be involved with. And it just, it's scary. And, and, and I wonder, how many people are paying attention to this? How many people are just um, letting these kinds of things go by them, uh, like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a sign on the highway when you're driving. Uh, I mean, you just pass right by it. You don't give it a second thought. It's there maybe to uh, give you some information about uh, something that uh, is coming up. However, however, what can we, the people, do 
to fight back? I mean, is there anything we can really do, or do we just have to sit there and uh, and take it? Well, you know, we, we, we start these conversations talking about Second Amendment stuff and guns and and gun rights, and what it always what it always turns into is a political conversation because that's that's the reason we're talking about guns is because the political left is trying to is trying to take that right and destroy it. So you know, you, you mentioned you, you, you mentioned you talked about you know how we, well we talked about how they're calling us insurrectionists and and the, the people at the schools who are confronting uh, the school board members um, and they're considered, you know, insurrectionists or violent because they're, they just want to protect their kids and make sure that they're not brainwashed with this left-wing nonsense. But then on the other hand, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, we can talk about Antifa and BLM. I mean, these are left-wing radical, violent left-wing groups that, Literally, we're destroying property, built, burning buildings down with people living in them, and de- destroying and bombing and burning police precincts and all sorts of stuff. And not only that, you had Kamala Harris, the vice president, supporting a bail fund for for these people to get them back on the streets. And then you had the mayor of... Uh, Minneapolis. I can't remember his name, but what a, what a, well, I don't, I shouldn't say it, but what a, I mean, what a weirdo. I mean, I, I can't, I, KB, the word I want to say, I can't say on radio, but I got um, he, this guy was, this guy was actually uh, out in the streets trying to befriend the violent terrorists and they rejected him. Uh, but he was out there trying to get them to, you know, think that he supported them. That while they're burning his city down that he's responsible for, and they're destroying things and they're hurting people, the mayor is siding with the violent extremists. It, it's, it's really kind of, it's mind-boggling that people can look at that stuff and, and not say, well, wait a minute, this is all wrong, it's completely backwards, but what happened is, the political left got a hold of the narrative. They got a hold of the media. They got a hold of the propaganda, and they they're running with it. And they're literally making good look bad and bad look good. Right. It's unbelievable. But when it affects us at the local level, and when it affects you in your house, when it affects you when you go out to dinner and you spend money, it affects you at the gas pump, and it affects you when you you can't go to the grocery store without worrying about being attacked, then that's when some people will start waking up. Now, the, the real hardcore leftist political junkies, they, don't, they won't wake up. They, they want to win. They want their team to win, and they'll do anything they can, regardless of the, the deadly effects. Um, but there are some people in this country who, who are waking up, I believe. And um, let's just cross our fingers and hope that people will get out there and vote and, uh, and, and take back some of, this, uh, some of this leverage that we have in our government. That is so very true, so very, very true, that we just need to make sure that we're staying vigilant, that we are paying attention to things that uh, seemingly don't, uh, don't necessarily uh, 
are, are, are shouldn't in the federal government's uh, view be taken as something that could be considered a threat to the people. And that's why, you know, we need to make sure that 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 when we hear something, Dan, and it sounds, what do they say? If it sounds too good to be true, it normally is. And I think that more and more people, and that's the problem, are buying into uh, the rhetoric of the federal government. They're thinking, well, the federal government would never do anything wrong. The federal government would never lead us down the wrong path. We should always believe in what these people are telling us because they have our best interest in mind. And uh, maybe in some cases they do, but in a lot of cases they don't. And it is, it is, I guess, if you want to call it a master plan of sorts, in order to gain control. And while we think, you know, it's like they create the problems and they create the solutions. And when we talk about uh, one of the things I always kind of refer to is this shortage we had on baby formula here not too terribly long ago. And I guess there is uh, still some lingering effects from that. But we knew because we were told last year that there would be an issue and there would be a problem. And how many people actually took it seriously when they first heard the news? Much like other things, that shortages are going to continue, that things that we, you know, I mean, gee whiz. And and I use that term because that's the only term I can use uh, without getting in trouble. But, you know, look at what happened when we had issues with uh, things like toilet paper and paper towels and paper products in general and how everybody went crazy and how everyone just lost their mind and how people were fighting over these things and how people were actually killing one another over toilet paper, Dan, toilet paper. And, and then, you know, with, with the, uh, with the situation surrounding the baby formula, there were people who decided, you know what, if I can't get it at the store, maybe I can make my own. And the government was shooting those ideas down saying, well, you're not going to uh, be able to, uh, get the, uh, the necessary nutrients for your child if you're doing it yourself. So, uh, again, when people try to come up with their own solutions, and the federal government says, well, no, 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 that's not the way to do things. The way to do things is follow our lead, and you'll be just fine. Well, you know, people have been, people have gotten in trouble for collecting rainwater. And, you know, if you build a house, you have to tie it in to your, to your uh, electrical service, uh, your local, your local uh, electrical, electrical provider. Um, and, you know, these are things that, you know, you should be able to collect your own rainwater, um, power your own house with your own sources, have your own septic, your own, uh, you know, water sources. Um, there's no reason why people shouldn't be able to live independently and live self, uh, you know, be able to provide for, them, for themselves. But government has to step in at every step. And make sure that you're using their services, that you're on the grid, so to speak. Um, so, so that stuff really bothers me, too. Uh, it's, it's not okay. And, you know, people start to realize. That's why people, you know, the, they talk about, you know, preppers and people getting ready for, for something really bad that could happen. And, you know, you, 
maybe a while back you'd have thought they're kind of crazy, but now you're starting to look at people like that and you're going, wow, maybe they knew something that I didn't know. Yeah, and there are going to be certain things that happen. Uh, and, and as I said, you know, creating problems and then creating solutions, that's what this government is good at because it becomes an instance where more people become dependent on the government. Whenever there's a problem, rather than solving it ourselves, we look to the federal government for guidance. We look to the federal government for those solutions. And that is essentially not the way that we should be doing things. We should, as people in this country, be seeking out solutions that work best for us. But it's not something that the government wants us to they they don't want us to do that. They want us to become fully independent on them so that when the time comes and they decide to slam the door on everything and everyone, and that's what people need to understand. They're picking on certain groups right now, but inevitably we are all going to be the ones who pay the price when the federal government says, guess what? Time's up. Now we're going to not only give you solutions we are going to enforce those solutions through a variety of different ways and as i mentioned martial law is not something that is too far-fetched and when you hear certain people talk about it obviously uh again those are the conspiracy theorists those are the people that are just spewing uh their own rhetoric and the federal government will do anything and everything to shut them down and make them look like some sort of a uh a crackpot and say that, indeed, these are the reasons why we want to take control, because we know what's best for you. Well, yeah, and that's why every time there's a some sort of uh, killing that occurs with a gun, as long as it fits the, the racial profile, they will use that. And just like you said, and they'll use that to say, well, see, this is, this is why we need more gun control, more gun restrictions. Uh, so they'll use every, you know, every excuse, uh, and, and they'll, they'll often perpetuate, you know, violence. Uh, just to, like I said, like we talked about before, they'll perpetuate violence. And it, as a result, you do have more murders, more deaths, more, more killings, and, and they can take those numbers and, and add them up to the, to, to, you know, justify more gun restrictions and stuff. That, that's what they do. I mean, I've seen the game now for a while, and I, I watch it, you know, closely, and I study it in depth, and it's just they're not stupid people. They're actually very smart, very crafty, and they know that every, everything they do is going to have a, an equal reaction, um, that, and, and so that's why every action they take, they want to make sure that the reaction is going to benefit them. Like you said, they cause the problem, but they have the solution. Um, so, you know, it has to stop. We can't live like this. We're America. We're not Venezuela or China or some other, you know, some other country where people don't have rights. We actually have the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Our founding fathers wrote this stuff down. And they said, look, God gave us these rights. And it's government's responsibility to, to, to not only not violate those rights, but to protect those rights. Yeah. And unfortunately, some people get into office and all they want to do is violate those rights. 
certainly is a shame because uh, <clears throat> I think at some point, if people don't pay attention, we are all going to be in a situation uh, that uh, we find uh, no true solution for other than the government telling us what to do and how we're going to do it. Dan Wass, I appreciate your time as always, sir. Great talking with you. Safe travels. And uh, again, keep your eyes and ears open. I know you do. And keep reporting the truth. And uh, we would love to have you back again as soon as you are able because uh, these conversations that we have, I enjoy them thoroughly, and I know the listeners do as well. Well, thanks, pal. Anytime, just give me a shout, and, uh, you, you know, I love, I love coming on the show. So thanks so much, and keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the, uh, the kind words and uh, certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk with the, with the gentleman who is the author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series. He has a great program called Loaded Mike. He is traveling the country making people aware of their rights and, of course, advocating for the Second Amendment. His name is Dan Wass. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast, and we are going to take this information break at the top of the hour. We'll come back and have some time to spend together talking about whatever it is you would like to talk about. I saw an interesting post on social media and also a story uh, that uh, I I was kind of getting some information on as far as uh, uh, some of my friends over there at Lake TV. It came out at a very interesting time. But uh, we'll get your thoughts this morning. Again, the key radio community hotline is uh, open at 573-633-5395. And you are listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, September 13th. It was a rough weekend on the roads for several motorcyclists, with three people seriously injured in the motorcycle crashes around the lake area. Two of those were airlifted, 58-year-old Joseph Lusky, 58-year-old Bruce Keffer, and 36-year-old Chancellor Kitts were all seriously injured in motorcycle accidents. A four-year-old was seriously injured in a crash Sunday on Highway 42. 67-year-old Elaine Stein was turning left from Rousey onto the highway when the vehicle collided with a vehicle driven by 43-year-old Andy Wells. Stein's four-year-old grandson sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. Stein sustained moderate injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital in Osage Beach. The Missouri Conservation is asking Missouri turkey hunters to save and submit feathers from birds they harvest this fall. The feathers will be used to improve conservation's ability to estimate turkey abundance across Missouri. Interested hunters are asked to retain a wing and three to five feathers from the breast after telechecking their turkey. More information to mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com.
The Patriot Catered Dinner and Silent Auction is the Camden County Republican Club's main fundraiser. It'll be held on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camden. Reservations are needed and requested by Saturday, September 17th. For additional information to volunteer, to donate, or to purchase tickets, call CCR Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5395. Come meet and greet the Republican candidates who will be on the 2022 general election ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. High school football this week. Camdenton with their first home game of the season Friday night. They entertain Parkview. The uh, Lakers 3-0 on the season. Parkview 0-3. Eldon is 3-0. They have a big rivalry game Friday night at Osage. Indians looking for their first win of the season. Osage 0-3. That is the game of the week on Lake TV. Eldon at Osage. Friday night, COMC pregame show at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on Lake TV. For sales is 0-3, they're home to 1-2 Hallsville on Friday night. Last night's Monday night football game in the NFL, the Broncos and Seahawks. The Broncos lose to Seattle. The Broncos going into this season with very high hopes with a new big star quarterback and everything, but they come up short in their first game out, losing to Seattle last night. Of course, the Chiefs won their opener 44-21 at Arizona on Sunday. They don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate. They play the Chargers Thursday night. That is in Kansas City. Chargers won their opener. They beat uh, the Raiders 24-19. College football, Mizzou will be at home against Abilene Christian on Saturday. The Tigers 1-1 one one on the season. MSU Bears will be at Arkansas. They got a tough one this week. Bears are 2-0 and on the young season. Back to work for both the Cards and the Royals. They had yesterday off the Redbirds in first place with a big lead over the Brewers, and they open a quick two-game series against Milwaukee in St. Louis today. The Royals on the road to open a three-game series in Minnesota against the Twins today. Hey, KB is on TV. You got to check it out. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns three times a day, 7.02 in the morning, 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows and they're all absolute greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day from Slumberland Furniture at 802-102 and 802. Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, they talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all of that. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch Lake TV streaming live all the time on your computer. Just go to MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. 
I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson offered his advice about eight books every person should read. Because he's an outspoken atheist, I was intrigued by his choice of the Bible until I read his summary to learn that it's easier to be told by others what to think than it is to think for yourself. Tyson's assertion is foolish. One of the keys of civilization is that all of us are the product of the accumulated knowledge of people who lived before us. Believers can add that we have the wisdom of saints who preceded us. They testify to us what they learned in life. To deny this is to reject the greatest source of knowledge we have and to replace it with whatever we figure out in our one lifetime. In speaking against the authority of God, DeGrasse Tyson is being deliberately deceptive. We are easily influenced by people we want to admire, but we need to ask ourselves whether these people are wise in the knowledge of God or simply famous in the popular view. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Yeah, it's easy. All you have to do is uh, pick up the phone and give us a call, or maybe you would like to be a content provider, and if that's the case, we can help you there, too. If you've got something you'd like to share with the community, we uh, have openings available on Key Radio for you to do just that. All you have to do is uh, simply... Talk to us and tell us what it is you'd like to uh, share, and we can make it. Uh, we can make it happen. It's just that simple, folks. It's very easy for you to do. Let's take the opportunity now to get you updated on uh, the current uh, conditions, as far as uh, weather and what's going on at uh, Bagnell Dam. Then you and I will spend some time sharing some information, and you can share some information with me if you'd like this morning. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. Beautiful day ahead. Sunny, high of eighty six, and then clear tonight. A low of fifty seven. Sunny and eighty eight tomorrow. Sunny and eighty seven on Thursday. Partly cloudy and eighty seven on Friday. Mostly sunny and eighty eight on Saturday. Looks like eighty nine the high on Sunday with plenty of sunshine, and then 
couple of 90-degree days on uh, Monday and Tuesday. It looks like mid to upper 80s on Wednesday of next week. And then we'll get back into the comfort zone, if you will, with a high of 80 on uh, Thursday of next week, 79 on Friday. But, uh, again, some great weather in store for us here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. 65 degrees now is where we are in in um, Osage Beach as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. 63 in Camdenton. Current uh, conditions at the Bagnell Dam include a lake level of 658.23, river level of 552.44, and the surface water temp of 78 degrees. I saw this uh, post on social media, Facebook to be exact, and I wondered if maybe you have a thought or thoughts on this. And it is something as simple as the shopping cart. And it says here the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do, because it is correct. Now, you will get varying opinions on this. I'm sure you will. Some people will say, well, it's not my job to return the shopping cart. And after I load my groceries into my vehicle, I'm just going to leave it right here. It's somebody else's job to uh, come and get it. Other people will say that, uh, yes, it is the right thing to do. They have the little receptacles in the parking lot where you can put your shopping cart. But is it uh, something that you would consider a litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing? I think if you break it down and look at it like uh, it is being explained to us here, that maybe some people will say, you can basically do what you want. If you want to return it, that's fine. If you don't, well, that's fine too. Does returning the shopping cart say something about the person that you are? Does not returning the shopping cart say something about the person that you are? Because... You know, quite frankly, there are times, and I'll use myself as as an example, that I do return the shopping cart. I put it in the receptacle, and then someone comes out and collects all the shopping carts from that receptacle and takes them back in so that they can be used again. And then there are other times when maybe I'm parked uh, a little farther away from the receptacle, and I don't feel like walking all the way down there and putting it in that uh, particular place. I just leave it where I think it's not going to do any damage to any other vehicles and figure that uh, there is someone whose job it is to return shopping carts. Now, I know for the longest time, when I was first in the grocery business, that There weren't a whole lot of these receptacles, 
and people just left the shopping cart wherever they left it. And it was my job to go out and collect the carts and bring them back in. But then, as time went on, someone saw a need to have these receptacles because it makes the job of uh, the person whose job it is to collect shopping carts a little bit easier. So I see this and I think, well, you know, again, there's two sides to every story, right? And, um, hmm. What do we do and how do we do it? And how does it make us look? How does it feel? Do you... um, Return your shopping cart or you just leave it where it's at. Just leave it right there by your vehicle and let the person's job, the person whose job it is to return the shopping cart, let them do the work. Hmm. Interesting because I think, you know, where people would return a shopping cart to a receptacle it does say that they realize and understand that uh, that's what those are out there for. But at the same time, we also understand that there are people who have a job, and their job is to collect the shopping carts in the parking lot, no matter where they are. And maybe it's not our responsibility. So an interesting way, as they say here, to prove whether or not that the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. Self-governing. Some interesting responses uh, to this as well. Uh, Common courtesy doesn't seem to be as common these days. I think it's really important and practice it whenever possible. So some people do believe that it's the right thing to do. Some people are saying amen. Some people are agreed. Just another reason uh, I love a particular store they're talking about here. Along with organics, non-GMOs, great uh, prices, and, uh, oh, they're talking about the store. Sorry about that. (laughs) Somebody said here that this is so funny. I have always watched people who do or do not return their cart. I agree it is just courteous to do so. I do understand some circumstances, but most generally it should be done, in my opinion. Uh, Another person said, yes, unless it's a medical or get-your-kids kind of emergency, there's no excuse for the rude laziness. I pick up the uh, shopping cart that I see on the way to the store. Store will not go pick them up, even though they cost over $400 a piece. And uh, other people uh, commenting on this as well. It's interesting the back and forth you get with something like this. It says, when I was a kid... My dad had me collect all of the carts in the parking lot to keep me busy while mom did the grocery shopping, so I wouldn't ask for things in the store. I guess it was good training. I uh, bought, uh, I brought return and collect carts to this day. Uh, and 
in the comment about common courtesy. So what is it... Uh, what is it that you think and feel about returning the shopping cart to the receptacle? Also this morning, a story that I saw, and this is uh, something that was posted by some of my friends at uh, Lake TV. It says, media reports indicate charges have been dropped against a man accused of fatally shooting another man on the Bagnell Dam Strip last year. Prosecutors originally filed charges of first-degree assault and armed criminal action against Tonka Way Con Ponder, 51, of Preston, after a shooting between rival motorcycle gangs on the Strip. According to reports, the special prosecutor in the case, Cole County Prosecutor Locke Thompson, confirmed that those two charges had been dropped against Ponder. Ponder had been charged in connection to the fatal shooting of Blaine Curley, 25, of Camdenton on July 15, 2021, in front of Casablanca. You remember that incident last year, and uh, that certainly did uh, concern a lot of people. But uh, do people really consider that? Do they remember it? And so uh, there was another article that came out Charges dropped against a man charged for fatal shooting during motorcycle gang fight. This from a KRCG. It says charges were dropped against a man accused of fatally shooting another man on the Bagnell Dam Strip last year. Prosecutors filed charges of first-degree assault and armed criminal criminal action against Tonkaway Con Ponder, 51 of Preston, Missouri. The special prosecutor, this is basically almost the same story, but... Uh, Ponder had been charged in the connection of the fatal shooting of Blaine Curley, 25, of Camdenton on July 15, 2021, at the Casablanca Bar on the Bagnell Dam Strip during a fight between motorcycle gangs. Four other people were hurt in the shooting, including Ponder. Ponder's case had been moved from Miller County to St. Charles County. I think it's uh, rather timely considering what is... Coming up here at the Lake of the Ozarks uh, later this week. Also, uh, Misty sent me this. USDA opens People's Garden Initiative to gardens nationwide. Uh, The U.S. Department of Agriculture is expanding its People's Garden Initiative to include eligible gardens nationwide. School gardens, community gardens, urban farms, and small-scale agriculture uh, projects in rural, suburban, and urban areas can be recognized as a people's garden if they register on the USDA website and meet criteria, including benefiting the community, working collaboratively, and, uh, and some other things here. The people's garden. Remember how the Pilgrims did it initially before, you know, we got into all of the Thanksgiving uh, history that um, initially everyone was asked to contribute and then everyone was given an opportunity to reap the benefits of, of their contribution. But as is the case in a lot of instances, some people contribute a lot. Some people contribute some, and some people don't contribute at all. 
but everyone expects to be able to reap the benefits. I think that's kind of uh, interesting how the uh, the whole thing works. Everybody is supposed to get a piece of the pie, regardless of how much effort or work that you put in to obtain or, or, or to create, rather, this piece of the pie. <laughs> Misty says, I am not registering my garden. They are asking you to register your garden. Their People's Garden Program is not your grandma's victory garden brochure. It is, in their own words, creating a registry and map of small-scale food production. School gardens, community gardens, urban farms, and small-scale agriculture products in rural, suburban, and urban areas can be recognized as a people's garden if they register on the USDA website and meet criteria including benefiting the community, working collaboratively, uh, incorporating conservation practices, and educating the public. Affiliate people's garden locations will be indicated on a map on the USDA website featured in USDA communications and provided with a people's garden sign. So maybe people are being duped into doing something that would give certain people an idea or a location of where these people's gardens are being established. And they just want to know where your garden is so they can come in and take it from you or just destroy it. So all of your hard work, well, it ends up meaning absolutely nothing. But I don't see why it is wrong or where it is wrong to have a garden. And I wonder if uh, a lot more people aren't going that particular route, if they aren't indeed creating gardens to sustain themselves and their families. But uh, this is uh, rather interesting. It's from Ice Age Farmer. The USDA wants you to register your garden. Their People's Garden program is not your grandma's victory garden. It is, in their own words, creating a registry and map of small-scale food production. And much like a lot of things that we talk about in this day and age, the government wants to know everything about you. Obviously, who you are, where you are, what you believe in, things that you hold near and dear, and, you know, like we were talking last hour with Dan Wass, so much of this can be considered, well, a threat. Because if you are trying to sustain yourselves and your families, and you're not going about it the way that the government wants you to, well, they just come in and they do away with your quote-unquote people's garden. People think that they're doing something uh, to solve a problem. But uh, again, like we uh, talked last hour, the government creates a problem and then creates a solution. So maybe in this particular instance, rather than you being the gardening expert that you are, 
The government wants you to buy their produce and buy it at their prices, which, as we've seen here in a lot of instances lately, when you go to the grocery store, that everything, absolutely everything, including produce, is through the roof. So yet again, you are a slave to the government. Reminds me of the song that I sold my soul to the company store and the company store being the federal government. Do you think that's true? Do you think that uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture is really trying to find out where these gardens are, and in doing so, uh, they will do something to deter you from having your own garden? A lot of people around here garden. Uh, a lot of people around here garden, and they sell some of their uh, produce for extra money, and they sell it to people at reasonable prices. So there are people that are missing out on their piece of the pie, so to speak, and that would be a situation where the federal government says, "Uh, uh-uh, no, you don't grow the garden. We'll grow the garden." And we'll use uh, maybe certain things that aren't necessarily healthy, but it produces vegetables a lot quicker. Vegetables a lot quicker. And so we can roll out all of uh, this produce, and we can charge what we want to charge for it. And if you don't have your own garden, then uh, again, you're at the mercy of the government. Much like a lot of things. You don't produce it. We produce it. And then we charge outrageous prices for uh, for you to uh, purchase these different things. So creating shortages wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be out of the question at all. But uh, we've talked with people before about shortages that uh, are coming to a grocery store near you. We're already seeing those shortages. When you go into a grocery store and you're looking for certain items, you go down the aisle and something that you're looking for, well, it's uh, darn near gone. You don't necessarily get what you want, but you take what is available. And should that be the case? If it's something you produce or you could produce if you really wanted to, But the government says, no, you'll do it our way. We'll package it up. We'll give it a cute name. We'll get everybody on board. Maybe we'll even have people, citizens, working in government-based gardens. And even those people, even though they work there, they still have to pay the unbelievable, outrageous prices for the produce that they have helped produce. 9.30 is our time. We've got more coming up, including phone calls from you if you'd like to be a part of the program this morning. Simple to do. 573-633-5395. News from our media partners and sports from our media partners 
and our media partners include lakeexpo.com. We'll hear from Stacy Johnson, get you some local news this morning. And we'll hear from Chris Schneider with Lake TV. He has a look at sports. You are listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, September 13th. It was a rough weekend on the roads for several motorcyclists, with three people seriously injured in the motorcycle crashes around the lake area. Two of those were airlifted, 58-year-old Joseph Lusky, 58-year-old Bruce Keffer, and 36-year-old Chancellor Kitts were all seriously injured in motorcycle accidents. A four-year-old was seriously injured in a crash Sunday on Highway 42. 67-year-old Elaine Stein was turning left from Rousey onto the highway when the vehicle collided with a vehicle driven by 43-year-old Andy Wells. Stein's four-year-old grandson sustained serious injuries and was transported by MU Air to University Hospital. Stein sustained moderate injuries and was taken to Lake Regional Hospital in Osage Beach. The Missouri Conservation is asking Missouri turkey hunters to save and submit feathers from birds they harvest this fall. The feathers will be used to improve conservation's ability to estimate turkey abundance across Missouri. Interested hunters are asked to retain a wing and three to five feathers from the breast after telechecking their turkey. More information at mdc.mo.gov. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. High school football this week. Camdenton with their first home game of the season Friday night. They entertain Parkview. The uh, Lakers 3-0 on the season. Parkview 0-3. Eldon is 3-0. They have a big rivalry game Friday night at Osage. Indians looking for their first win of the season. Osage 0-3. That is the game of the week on Lake TV. Eldon at Osage. Friday night, COMC pregame show at 6.30, kickoff at 7 on Lake TV. For sales is 0-3, they're home to 1-2 Hallsville on Friday night. Last night's Monday night football game in the NFL, the Broncos and Seahawks. The Broncos lose to Seattle. The Broncos going into this season with very high hopes with a new big star quarterback and everything, but they come up short in their first game out, losing to Seattle last night. Of course, the Chiefs won their opener 44-21 at Arizona on Sunday. They don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate. They play the Chargers Thursday night. That is in Kansas City. Chargers won their opener. They beat uh, the Raiders 24-19. 
College football, Mizzou will be at home against Abilene Christian on Saturday. The Tigers 1-1 one one on the season. MSU Bears will be at Arkansas. They got a tough one this week. Bears are 2-0 and on the young season. Back to work for both the Cards and the Royals. They had yesterday off the Redbirds in first place with a big lead over the Brewers, and they open a quick two-game series against Milwaukee in St. Louis today. The Royals on the road to open a three-game series in Minnesota against the Twins today. Hey, KB is on TV. You got to check it out. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns three times a day, 7.02 in the morning, 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. Lake TV bringing you six local Lake Area shows, and they're all absolute greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day from Slumberland Furniture at 8.02, and 8.02. Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, they talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all of that. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can watch Lake TV absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can watch Lake TV streaming live all the time on your computer. Just go to MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. The Camden County Republican Club invites you to their annual Patriot Dinner on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camdenton. Doors open at 5 p.m., dinner at 6 p.m. There will also be a silent auction. Cost is $25 per person. The Patriot Dinner is a chance to meet and greet Republican candidates who will be on the ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Call Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5935 for information or reservations. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the Key with your monthly donation. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. 
Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Back we are at 9.38, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. Another beautiful day at the lake. Man, you, you just cannot beat this weather. Not at all. And as we update statistics, we'll tell you that currently we are at 67 degrees in Osage Beach, 66 in Camdenton. Looking for a high today of 86 with plenty of sunshine and a low tonight of 57 degrees and a clear sky. Sunny and 88 tomorrow, sunny and 87 on Thursday, partly cloudy and 87 on Friday, sunny and 88 on Saturday, and sunny and 89 on Sunday. So... 67 degrees, not bad at all. We'll take that. Current uh, lake level at the Bagnell Dam is 658.23. River level at 552.44. And the surface water temperature at 78 degrees. On the program tomorrow, a couple of our heavy hitters joining us. They include the next presiding commissioner of Camden County, Ike Skelton, in hour number one, and Professor Jim Paisley, who will be joining us in hour number two, and if you can hold on for just a second, I can find out uh, the topic of conversation because I know that he has taken the time to uh, send me his notes, and I can tell you just exactly what it is that uh, we will be talking about. Always something interesting with the professor, no doubt about that, and we uh, are happy to have him joining us in a variety of different fashions, of course, every Wednesday at 9.10. And then we will also uh, let you know that he is a regular contributor to Key Radio. And he has the uh, True History Professor podcast that he does, and we keep that updated as well. So a good opportunity for you to... uh, Listen in, and if you don't catch some of the topics that he talks about, uh, you can always listen to them again on the True History Professor podcast. The topic this week is the Civil War as our nation becomes more and more divided. We hear calls for a civil war. Is that a real possibility? What would it look like? What is the main issue that has brought us to this point in our history? Well, tune in tomorrow and find out. Again, Professor Jim Paisley joining me at 9.10. Always uh, some great conversation, and we uh, do enjoy hearing from you listeners as well. A civil war. There has been a lot of talk about a civil war. There's been a lot of talk of people that are just dissatisfied with the direction of the government dissatisfied that this government is clamping down on uh, all kinds of things that uh, people are involved with. Our daily lives, are they changing? Do you feel like our daily lives are changing that much? Do you feel like uh, it seems at least once a month something that uh, you've come to uh, enjoy, you've come to expect is... Well, not the same as it used to be. 
Some people say change is good, but do we look at this change in some instances and think, well, maybe this is not necessarily the kind of change that uh, we really want? And again, we go back to some of the topics that we've talked about this morning. The Second Amendment and the need for the government to step in and try to tailor-make what they feel the Second Amendment should be all about. You know, and I was listening to a story uh, that Stacy Johnson had in our local news from LinkExpo.com. And also something that was relayed to me here uh, as far as the people's gardens. Do you think the government would ever try to impede on the progress of people who like to hunt, people who like to fish, people who are involved in those types of activities? They'll say, well, for one reason or another, uh, you can't hunt but one time a year for certain animals. You can't uh, turkey hunt. You can't deer hunt. You can't fish. And the only way that you can fish is if it is in a tournament and you have to catch and release. You're not allowed to keep whatever it is you catch. Are there those types of things that are already in place that some people don't know about? So, hunters out there, what what would be your solution? What would be the approach you would take? Would you listen to what the federal government tells you? And so many people do. Deer hunt, and that provides food for their families. It is something that they can do in order to help control the deer population. If we weren't out there hunting and the deer population got out of control, then, of course, as we know, uh, it can create all kinds of problems. Ah, but in comes the federal government. And so rather than allowing hunters to go out and take care of the deer population, would the federal government come in and uh, see an opportunity to uh, take care of the population problem themselves? And how would they do that? And as far as fishing, I mean, goodness gracious, crappie fishing at the lake, crappie is some of the best fish that you will ever eat in your life. And so sport fishing is okay. Maybe even uh, hunting for game, if you're not going to eat the meat, you're going to maybe uh, uh, mount the head as a trophy on your wall. That's still okay, but you can't have the meat. If you get a nice buck with a nice rack, well, the, 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 the head is okay. You can take that to the taxidermist and have the taxidermist fix it up, and you can hang the head on your wall as a trophy, but you can't have the meat. I don't know that it would ever come to that, but certainly if you have a federal government that's trying to control the people, they are going to try and take away all aspects of people being self-sustaining, which would mean things like growing a garden or collecting rainwater or hunting and fishing as a means of obtaining food for your family. It sounds crazy. It sounds far-fetched. But truth is stranger than fiction, folks. 
And you have to wonder if there isn't someone out there saying, well, if we uh, take away their ability to hunt and fish, that puts us in the driver's seat even more. From WNCT.com, the Biden administration on Monday proposed to strengthen certain safety uh, regulations for offshore oil and gas drilling that were loosened under the Trump administration. Drill, baby, drill. Remember when that uh, was the battle cry? After the 2010 Deep Horizon oil spill that killed 11 workers and released 134 million gallons of fuel into the Gulf of Mexico, the Obama administration implemented implemented uh, new safety regulations. In 2019, the Trump administration revised these standards, making them more industry-friendly. On Monday, the Interior Department indicated that it would further tweak the rules, although the new proposal does not appear to be identical to what was put forth during the Obama years. The Biden-Harris administration is committed to the highest standards of worker safety and environmental protections. This is from the Interior Secretary in a written statement. As our nation transitions to a clean energy economy, we must commit to strengthening and modernizing offshore energy standards and oversight. Among the changes is the reinstatement of a requirement to send information on safety equipment failures to the federal government instead of to certain third parties that were permitted to collect data during the Trump years. Under the new rule, inspections of these failures will also need to start sooner. Under the Trump administration, inspections needed to begin 120 days after a failure. They would now need to start in 90. Under the Obama rule, inspections had to be finished within 120 days. The move comes after Environmental Protection Agency Uh, This group, this organization, similarly reinstated safety standards for chemical plants that were loosened under Trump. They also come after the Biden administration released an offshore drilling plan that could enable as many as 11 new opportunities to drill for oil and gas offshore. Under that plan, it's not clear whether the department will move ahead with uh, that many leasey sales, saying it could also pursue fewer or no lease sales in the coming year. We talked yesterday about the Biden administration and the the oil reserves and that they're going to release another, what do they say, 140 million barrels of oil, which we know won't really do a whole lot. We might see a a slight reduction in gas prices, but as we know, as soon as we're done paying attention and enjoying the savings at the pump, that gas prices will go back up. And that when we need our oil reserves, they will be limited in supply. So how do you view this? Is it about safety? Is it about the environment? Or is it about trying to yet again reduce the need for oil, according to the government? That we're going to do everything we possibly can to push alternative means of energy 
and become less reliant on the current means that we have, fossil fuels. Does that concern you at all that yeah, we're going to roll out some, uh, some new methods of, of uh, handling safety equipment failures? I wonder how the oil industry views this. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? But I think like a lot of things, those who play ball will be rewarded and those who don't will be penalized. That is almost uh, somewhat of a no-brainer. Well, to some people anyway, not to everyone. Because other people will say, oh, they're doing this under the guise of safety. So safety and protecting people is always the key. And as we've talked about on this program plenty of times, Safety is something that, um, while in theory might be a good idea, in reality, the government cannot protect you from everything that may go wrong, every issue that could cause a problem. There are still things that are going to happen. And I guess as the government gets wind of those things, they will try to step in and regulate them and do so in such a way that uh, it affects us all. And that's the thing, again, we have to keep in mind here. That's the thing that we have to be cognizant about, and that is the fact that they are not going to select particular groups or particular individuals or people that are affiliated with particular uh, political parties. This is going to be something that affects us across the board. So the Republican... The conservative, the person on the right, is going to pay as much at the pump as the person on the left, the liberal, the Democrat, and it doesn't really make any difference. It is not about showing favoritism to one group and maybe not so much to another group. It is about affecting us all. And again, certain people will say, oh, this is a great idea. Other people will be leery, as uh, we should with anything that the government gets involved in. So the president uh, on Monday urged Americans to come together for a new national purpose, his administration's effort to end cancer as we know it. At the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library and Museum, Biden channeled JFK's famed moonshot speech 60 years ago, likening the space race to his own effort and hoping it to would galvanize Americans. He established a a national purpose that could rally the American people and a common cause, Biden said of Kennedy's space effort, adding that we can usher in the same unwillingness to postpone. Biden hopes to move the U.S. closer to the goal he set in February of cutting U.S. cancer facilities by 50% over the next 25 years and dramatically improving the lives of caregivers and those suffering from cancer. Experts say the objective is attainable with adequate investments. And here comes the other shoe. The president called his goal of developing treatments and therapeutics for cancers bold, ambitious, and, I might add, completely doable. 
In his speech, Biden called on private, uh, the private sector to make drugs more affordable and data more regularly available. He ticked off medical advancement uh, possible with uh, focused research, funding, and data. And he spoke of a new federally-backed study that seeks evidence for using blood tests to screen against multiple cancers, a potential game-changer in diagnostic testing to dramatically improve early detection of cancers. Danielle Carnival, the White House coordinator for the effort, told the Associated Press that the administration sees huge potential in the commencement of the blood diagnostic study on identifying cancers. One of the most promising technologies has been the development of blood tests that offer the promise of detecting multiple cancers in a single blood test and really uh, imagining the impact that could uh, have on our ability to detect cancer early and in a more equitable way. We think the best way to get us to the place where those are realized is to really test out the technologies we have today and see what works and what uh, really has an impact on extending lives. In 2022, the American Cancer Society estimates 1.9 million new cancer cases will be diagnosed and 609,360 people will die of cancer diseases. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention rank cancer as the second highest killer of people in the U.S. after heart disease. One of the things that's interesting about this and comes to mind is how certain people have the ability to travel outside of the country and to utilize cancer treatments in other countries that are working. And I hate to say it this way, but if we were ever to truly find a cure for cancer, there would be a lot of people out of a, of a job. There would be a lot of people that wouldn't have to pay these uh, unbelievable prices for the treatments. And something that we learned when they rolled out the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was that certain types of treatments, including cancer treatments, will go through the roof in terms of what you have to pay in order to obtain them. And people are already paying these prices. And the Inflation Reduction Act is only going to make it worse. So it seems to me that, uh, again, we are getting more smoke and mirrors. And we are relying on what is being uh, said to maybe ease the fear, ease the paranoia when someone finds out that they have cancer, as was the case with my father years and years ago. You are overcome by a myriad of, of thoughts. Especially when you don't know to what degree this cancer is manifesting in your body. Where's it at? Is it uh, something that is treatable? Is it something where I pretty much don't stand a chance? And then, of course, many other things come to mind as well. But six hundred nine thousand three hundred sixty people will die of cancer diseases. 
There are treatments out there for certain types of cancer. There are treatments out there for certain types of skin cancer. There uh, was a gentleman who I spoke with who uh, took his father to Mexico because there was a particular tree, and the bark from that tree was considered a treatment for the type of skin cancer that this man's father had been dealing with. And certain things are prevalent in other countries, but it seems as though, you, you know, we talk about working with other countries and trying to come up with solutions. And certainly now, when you talk about things like uh, green energy and trying to get everybody on the same page as far as uh, what we're what we're wanting to do, how we're wanting to handle things with uh, green energy... And we want everybody to get on board. It would seem to me, again, uh, look how the world came together over COVID. Or so we thought. But it would seem to me that the worldwide effort to cure cancer would be something that uh, would be a top of mind. But it doesn't seem as though the United States really wants to work with other countries. That we are more or less depending on ourselves to come up with a cure or at least some options to lessen the possibility of people having to endure the cancer. It is 9.59, folks. We are ready to call it a day, so to speak, but we will be back in your ears tomorrow. I thank you for your participation. I thank you for your listenership, and I thank you for listening to 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri.